What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to episode 11 of the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where I sit down with some of America's greatest leaders and find out how they have led with their faith out in front. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike Lynch, and it is my honor to be on this leadership journey with you. We are all on a journey trying to figure out how to be the best leaders that we can be so we can be the leaders that God has created us to be. You know, I would often sit around and wonder, if I could sit down, I would love to ask this person this or that person that. Well, rather than just me sitting at a table with them, I wanted to invite you to a table with them. And so we have, over these first few months, been with some amazing guests. Today will be nothing different. Today we get to sit down with Kelly Masters. Kelly is a former Miss Oklahoma. She is a lawyer. She is a sports agent. She was a champion baton twirler at the University of Oklahoma. But even more than all the incredible accolades that Kelly has received, Bleacher Report's 25 Most Powerful Women in America, first female to ever sign a number one draft pick in the NFL. Beyond all those things, you're going to find a person whose faith drives who she is. And today, you're going to get a chance to meet somebody you may not know. You've heard about her, but you may not know her. So today, why don't you pull up a chair and listen in to my time with Kelly Masters. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to have you. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Well, you have come a long ways in the past few years. If I had told you 20 plus years ago, when you were a world-class baton twirler at University of Oklahoma, <laughs> that one day uh -huh. you would be a sports agent and a lawyer in male-dominated industry, especially in that sports agent world, would you have uh -huh. ever dreamed that would be possible? Oh, no, not in a million years. And, and even going back further behind that, I was so, so shy growing up. Even now, people that I run into that knew me when I was young say, we can't believe what you're doing with your life. That's amazing because I was so shy and so quiet. So it's uh, it's amazing what God has done. It's been quite the journey. When did that, and I didn't, I didn't know that, when did that turn? When did that make a turn for you from being that shy girl that kept to yourself to being more, uh, being willing to step out a little bit? When did that change happen? You know, honestly, it's, and I, um, I've talked about it before. I was, I was able to, I was kind of a, a performance driven person. So you know, put a, a baton in my hand and, and I could go in front of thousands of people. And I loved that where I could keep people at a distance, but actually dealing with people and even having, having to get up and speak or be in a room with people was just terrifying to me. Uh, and honestly, it really wasn't until maybe law school or even the Miss Oklahoma pageant that I actually became comfortable with, with speaking in front of people and interaction. Um, I really, I think that's when I came out of my shell. And of course, coming to know the Lord during law school, really everything changed for me then. But I, I lived in a lot of fear growing up. And I think a lot of that fear kept me locked up and, and 
not confident and, and very afraid all the time. And uh, that, you know, without Jesus, I would, I would be a very different person. Isn't that funny? You know, you look back at that and you probably wonder why a lot of things happened like they happened. Tell me a little bit about your spiritual journey. How did it get started? I know it happened in law school and you reached a, you reached a real crisis of belief part of your life, didn't you? I really did. And growing up in Oklahoma, it's, it's the Bible Belt, and so I feel like I grew up around everybody saying they were a Christian. I just said I was a Christian because that's what everybody else said, and I, I went, kind of went with the flow with my parents. They were uh, attending a church, a uh, Methodist church when I was younger, and then a Baptist church, and they were great churches, uh, but it, it was one of those things that it, it really never became personal to me until until I was older. And for me, we would talk about, or I would hear people talk about a relationship with God, but I didn't know what that meant, really. I didn't know what that looked like. I, you know, to me, being a Christian just meant you did Christian things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you went to church and maybe sang in the choir uh, and were just, you know, a, a nice person. Um, but I, I really didn't dig in and realize that, that there was, I knew that I was missing something. I just didn't know that it was a relationship with God. I didn't know there was more available. And it really was a, a time in my life. I, when I reached law school, I had, again, been very driven all the way through my, my younger years to be excellent at everything. And, and that was how I it tried to fill myself up, tried to fill up the void and the need for, for love and acceptance was really, I tried to do that through accomplishment and um, making people proud of me and, mm. and trying to earn the, the respect and the, the love and attention of others. And uh, I reached a, a point around age 22, 23, where I was just it completely empty and also completely wrapped up in fear because when you live your life for to please others rather than to serve others, which is a, there's a difference yep. when you live your life to please others, uh, you can never do enough. And, and there's never, there's always going to be that void in your soul that you, that nothing else will fill up besides Jesus. And, um, I finally reached a point where I realized that was the missing piece, and it, it was it was in law school, and I um, it, it was one of those things. Everything from the outside looked great. I was engaged to be married. Uh, I was to a professional baseball player. Ironically, um, I was um, had accomplished all of my goals in my sports and academically, and I was it looked like everything was you know for for Kelly Masters was on the path to success. And, and inside, I just, I felt like such a fraud and such a failure and so miserable and empty. And I just wanted to quit. I wanted to, I'd never quit anything in my life, but I just wanted to crawl under a rock and disappear and not deal with, I just didn't want to be afraid anymore. And I didn't want to feel so exhausted and overwhelmed anymore by trying to, to make myself look as good as possible to the, the rest of the world. And uh, really surrendered, and that's actually exactly what I needed to do: <laughs> was mm-hmm. surrender my life and try to quit trying to do everything in my own power and live to please other people. I I, uh, I reached out to a, a someone who had been a, actually a former coach who had been very instrumental in my life early on, 
uh, not just in my sports, but also uh, she really had a relationship with Jesus and she lived that out. And I saw that as a young girl and it stayed with me all those years. And so when it was, when I reached my, my point, my end of, yeah, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need, I need more. I, and what I needed was a real relationship with Jesus, not just saying I knew him. Um, or not just going through the, the Christian motions of life, mm-hmm. but really digging in and having that relationship. And so I, I called her and, and I said, you know, I, I've watched your relationship with God. Um, I've seen how you live your life. Um, I, I want that. I want a relationship with God, just like you do. If, if I can still have that, I didn't even know if it was still available to me. And, um, I remember she said, you know, Kelly, I've been praying for this moment for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that you called. And I uh, really started my walk with God then. And it that was 20 years ago. And I, I still am as excited. You know, hopefully I haven't lost that. I, I still am just as excited that I get to connect with God every day um, because of Jesus and because of what he did for us. And, and there's just, I remember so vividly life before Jesus became Lord of my life. And I made Jesus Lord of my life. I remember how I felt then. And I never, ever want to go back there. So this change, this huge change happens in you. And I'm sure it sounds like that, that you had reached that wall that probably others noticed that change pretty quickly, probably with the peace that it brought you. Has it changed the driven nature about you? Are you still as driven as you were before or has the drive changed? You know, it's, it's still there, but it's, it's different because of the shift um, that God made in my life. And it's, it's really because I was, the drive was there before because I was afraid to not be successful and not, you know, that everyone would not like me, I guess, but I wouldn't have the approval of people. So I lived in, in a a fear driven place and now it's purpose. Now it's, you know, I, I don't have to please everybody. I can love and serve others and put my energy into that. But my, my drive comes from wanting to love and please my heavenly father who loved me when I was unlovable. And that's that perspective shift that that's a real thing, (laughs) really shifting from a place of fear to shifting to a place where you just, you know, every single morning you get up and say, God, what, what can I do to honor you today? Where, what are we going to do today? You know, what would you have me do? And so it's, it comes from a very different place, but I'm very much still driven, maybe more so. Uh, But it's great because I I don't carry the weight of trying to do it all on my own or trying to make the world think I look great. Um, I don't have to worry about that. All I have to, I have to focus on is being who God made me to be. Well, that is so good. You know, and it's so funny, I bet for you and what you do, Uh, And I do a lot of work with some professional teams and some collegiate teams. So uh, I know a a lot of the types of people that you work around. Um, Do you find that those low points for you now help you identify and be able to work with them even better? And if you hadn't have experienced experienced what you experienced, you wouldn't be as good at it. How do you feel about that? 100%. And that's, you know, it's a really important distinction. I think I grew up 
sort of believing or buying into the belief that um, that you know that God sent the good stuff and the bad stuff and and uh, everything you know that line everything happens for a reason. Well, yeah, but it's not because it was supposed to. <laughs> um, God doesn't send evil things. He, he doesn't. You know, he, that's not his way. But um, the things that he allows in our life uh, and the things that we go through. Um, do allow us an opportunity to to lean on him to to develop our faith and trust in him, and we grow we grow we grow stronger because of the experiences we have and I look back in so many of the you know whether it was mistakes that I made and I made plenty of them I've fallen flat on my face you know <laughs> over and over in life um and then there have been things that have been completely unfair that I had no control over that happened to me all of those things. Um, on the other side of those things, I'm a better person. I'm a stronger, uh, I, I can, I can comfort people who have been through that because I've been through that. I can provide wisdom. I can provide, um, guidance or just hope and say, it's, you know, I've been through, I've been where you are and it's going to be okay. And God's got this. And I think without going through all those valleys, those really, really low points, um, you, you don't gain the strength you need to climb the mountain. And, uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for, uh, as painful as some of my life experiences have been, I wouldn't have the perspective. I wouldn't have the strength and the ability to turn around and help others the way I do now. Well, that is so good. You know, and it, and it's so funny because probably you even go back to growing up, there's, there's female roles and jobs that, the females will go into mm-hmm. and then there's the male roles and jobs that the males would go into sports agent probably was <laughs> not on the uh, checklist for, for a little girl growing up in Oklahoma. <laughs> so tell me, how yeah. did you get into it? And what was it like to, to crack it, to, to, to step into that world? Tell me a little sure. bit about that experience. Well, that is so true of, uh, you know, you, young people or you know, kids dream about and, and are inspired to do things that they see other people doing. So, you know, was when I was really little, I, uh, I wanted to be a teacher like my mom. That's what I saw her do. Uh, and then it turned into, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a, a news anchor <laughs> because I saw, you know, great, you know, talented, smart women on TV and never remember seeing a sports agent uh, or even thinking about that. I love sports. I grew up in a, in a very uh, football-centric culture. <laughs> we, <laughs> we basically, yeah, football was life, and we everything else revolved around the football season. And so that was a big part of my life, but I never uh, imagined that I would actually work in sports or with athletes. Um, not on my radar at all, like you said. And actually, I, I got my degree in journalism, worked for the CBS affiliate here in Oklahoma City, um, pretty quickly figured out that's not where I was meant to be. So I went to law school. My dad, ironically, was an attorney, although I always said I would never be an attorney because I saw him work so hard and, yeah. and worry all the time. And I didn't want to be like that. Um, but I found myself in law school and really didn't know why. Uh, didn't really have a purpose. And it was during law school that, that really I surrendered my life to God and said, God, if you don't want me to be here, then I'm gone. 
you know, I will, I thought I was supposed to drop out and be a missionary. And, um, fortunately decided to pray about it instead of just assuming <laughs> that's what God wanted me to do. Spent several weeks in prayer, knew that I was supposed to finish law school. And I started my law practice as a, just a very normal law practice, just, uh, doing litigation, um, and not, again, not ever thinking that, that being a sports agent would, would even be a remote possibility for me. Uh, although I remember, you know, other people in my law school class, all guys wanting to be Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I do remember right. that. Right. That movie came out when I was in college. <laughs> so I remember that, but I don't remember ever having that dream or that desire. Um, instead, I had decided that my, my fun part of my law practice would be working with nonprofit organizations. If I wasn't going to be a missionary, at least I could be a lawyer that could help, help missionaries or churches or charities, people trying to accomplish a vision that God had given them. So I focused uh, a lot of my energy on working with nonprofit organizations. And it's it's funny how how God really orders our steps, whether we realize he's part of it or not. Uh, when we're really seeking to walk with him and please him, um, he really does order our steps. And so I... In, in going into working with foundations, that led me to working with my first NFL player, wow. uh, former NFL player, yeah, who had set up a foundation. And through conversations with him and his family, that's where I discovered my calling. It all started to come together. And so I went through certification. Um, gosh, that was five years into my law practice. I was completely you know, I just was convinced I would be representing first rounders within a year. <laughs> just convinced. <laughs> you know, why not? And I uh, really had no idea. And went through certification. I had spent a lot of time really looking at the industry. And I, I saw a very um, dark, corrupt system that, you know, the old Kelly would have run the opposite direction and said, that is, you know, I'm, I already... You know, I'm already struggling to deal with my life. I, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. Um, but the new Kelly, emboldened with, you know, I'm going to do what God's called me to do and no one's going to stop me. I just knew I was going to take over the industry. And um, in, ironically, interestingly, I guess God has, has really um, done some pretty incredible things just through you know, just my one decision to be obedient and do this and become an agent. And it's, it has not been, certainly not been easy, definitely not an overnight success. I've, I've been through uh, an awful lot of, we'll say growth <laughs> for the last 12 years. Um, there's, there's been a lot to deal with, but I also know that I'm doing it. I'm, I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. And I remember going through even the certification exam and feeling kind of the responsibility that I had that, you know, there are families and, uh, you know, young men, maybe you know, kids who were still in middle school at that time that were counting on me to not only pass the exam, but to be, to become a great sports agent um, that they could count on when they, when they made that transition to the NFL. And so, um, I just knew, I knew I was where I was supposed to be doing what I was supposed to be doing, but it wasn't easy. And it's, you know, as I looked around, I don't think I thought that I was going to be a pioneer. I don't, I don't even think I consider, I stopped to consider, wait, this isn't something that women do. I just knew I'd found what God wanted me to do with my life. And, 
faced a lot of criticism early on, just that, you know, women don't belong in this business. And that's, it's funny, you know, in this day and age to hear things like that. People don't, people think that we're past that, (laughs) that, you know, women can do anything that you're not held back by your gender or your skin color or your socioeconomic background that you, you know, you can do anything. And I still faced um, a lot of unfair criticism just based on the fact that I was a woman. Um, and so that was difficult, but it, you know, because I had that God-given purpose, it just never stopped me. I, and I love that thought. And you made a comment I'd love to dive in on a little bit. You said you're meeting with your 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 client there at the law firm. And in that uh-huh. conversation with he and his parents, you discovered your calling. What was it that happened in there where you got that tap on the shoulder and you went, okay, I think I know. What 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 happened in that? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it was over really a process of, you know, God was dealing with me. Uh, I, I, there was a stirring inside me that I, you know, there's something important about this. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. don't miss it. There's something important about this. But it was actually, it literally was uh, that particular athlete's mother saying, looking at me and saying, when I was kind of dismissing the idea, just based on my own knowledge, um, she was the one that was driving home. You know, we would have, why aren't you an agent? We would have loved to have had you on our side and in our corner through that process. And you really need to pray about this. Wow. And it was kind of that encouragement that really stuck with me, registered with me. It was, uh, it was just a moment I'll never forget. And I, I, I took that to heart and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to dig in and pray about this. And I expect that God's going to show me what, what to do with this, because it's something that, that feels it, it was one of those moments where she said that, and it just, you know, it, it matched up with something inside of me. (laughs) And, And it was just that moment when I went, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was 32 years old. It wasn't like I was, you know, young and, and had always known that was my career or my dream job. I really didn't. Um, but that just goes to show, you know, for, for young people now that I talk to that are trying to figure out what God wants them to do with their lives, it's, it's okay if you don't exactly know. Just keep yeah. being obedient. Keep being, keep being excellent right where you are. And you know, God will show you what to do. That is so good. That is so good. And he'll even use mamas, even not your own mama, yes. to, point you, to point you in the right direction. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You get in, so you get into this world. And I remember hearing you in another talk that you did. I guess it was one of the first gatherings you went to. I think it was before the combine. Yeah where you had another agent, I guess, uh, uh, of, of the males of the male species that looked at you and said, you know, basically, why are you here? Did, uh-huh. did that discourage you? Did it, did it go, okay, God, you got this all wrong. You got the wrong person. How did you handle that? <laughs> that is, I think that was a moment. And, and yeah, I, I was at, I was actually at the combine at a, a meeting of all the agents and was approached by one of the more successful agents who essentially questioned why I was there and then told me why I didn't belong there and why, why I would never be respected. And I just needed to give up now. Mm. But I think that's why it's so important that when we do step out um, to do whatever it is that God's called us with our, to do with our lives, 
that we know we've spent time with him and we've connected with him and we know from heaven where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. And it, it only like put fuel on the flame for me. Um, again, if I had still been living in fear, I probably would have run away from that meeting going, you know, I, I missed it. I'm in the wrong place. God, why did you let me have, you know, what did you let me do this? Um, I, and I would have probably blamed God for, you know, putting me in a bad position. Instead, I said, you know what, God, this is exactly why I'm supposed to be here because I'm supposed to bring light into a dark place. And I'm supposed to, um, really be be a change agent for what God wants to do through me and through my obedience. Not that I'm anything special. I just decided to listen and do what he wanted me to do finally and use my talents and, and everything that he'd given me to, to do what he had put me on this earth to do. And I was so anchored in that that nothing was going to shake me from that. I mean, there have definitely been moments, not that I always feel strong and perfect all the time. Yeah. I certainly don't. And there have been definitely moments when, you know, just in dealing with different circumstances and situations that I wanted to throw my hands up and say, I can't do this anymore. This is too, this is too hard. This is too much. It it hurts too much. I can't do this. Um, But in every one of those moments, it's like God says, you know, have I left you? (laughs) Wow. Um, Did I, did I change my mind? And, uh, and I can always go back to that place of, of, that place where I anchor my, my hope in him and in what he said. You know, and I think, I think for so many people, Kelly, their fear is if I become a spiritual leader, if I become Mm -hmm. a person that my faith really is out in front, number one, I won't be as good a leader. Number two, I won't be as aggressive Mm -hmm. or determined or do you believe Mm -hmm. that to be the case? How would you answer that? (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, and I, I can understand that perception and that thought process that, um, you know, when I read about great leaders in the Bible, um, great spiritual leaders, they were strong. They were, they made decisive decisions. They had influence. Um, they stepped up and, and made an impact on the world um, because of their hope and confidence in God. And we can be much more effective leaders um, if we are led by our trust and hope in the Lord. Um, being a Christian doesn't mean being soft. It doesn't mean, you know, yes, we, we do walk in, hopefully, in, in the fruits of the Spirit and kindness and, and all of the things that come with, with really you know, loving God and loving people. Um, but at the end of the day, God did not create us to be um, wimpy about anything. He created us to be strong um, believers with authority. And we have to walk in that. You know, I, I learned an important lesson early on, right after I gave my life to the Lord, and I was so in love with Jesus, and it was all so new. Um, right after that, three months after that was when I won the title of Miss Oklahoma. So I suddenly was launched into this world of preparing for Miss America and speaking to you know, thousands of people every day in such a, a crazy position up on a pedestal. And I had, I had just like laid my life down and said, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want you know, to be in the limelight anymore. I just want to serve God. And suddenly I went Miss Oklahoma. Wow. And that God used that in so many ways and grew me through that process. But I, I started studying the book of Esther. 
And I was, because I was really concerned that, you know, with the crown on my head, could I speak about Jesus? Could I be really bold with my faith? And I realized, I, I learned by reading about the, reading the book of Esther and learning about Esther and what she, how she handled things. She did, out of wisdom, keep her who she was and her, um, the fact that she was, was one of God's children. She kept that hidden in a way until the time was right. And God moved her in a position where she could, with strength, share who she really was. Mm. And I learned an important lesson reading about Esther, who was basically a pageant queen also. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and I learned that um, you can always, always be driven by what God is speaking to you and the, the things that he's teaching you and, and living your life by Christian principles and, and living your life by the word. You can, that, that can, you can be consistent in that in any circumstance or situation. But it's not always the time to share openly, you know, hey, I'm, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is, these are my beliefs. Um, sometimes it's very wise to be, to, to allow God to move you into a position where you can share your faith with boldness. And that, that sounds kind of crazy, maybe, but I learned that lesson because I, early on, I, I got up to speak at a, a public high school. And I launched into my testimony <laughs> in a public high school, and I was quickly escorted away and, and told, you can't do that. And even by one of the, the, the chaperones, I had several chaperones at that time that would go with me, and one said, you, you need to be careful, you're going to lose your crown uh, if you continue to talk like that. And I was horribly offended. Um, like, I cannot believe, you know, I, I want to talk about God, but I realized that God could God could still speak through me and he could still um his I needed to step back and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work and I needed to listen to God on on how to share and how to communicate um his love and his principles um and that was an important lesson for me because I didn't want to close any doors I would rather all the doors stay open and for him to move me into a place where I could really live for him um so I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but I really yeah. learned that there are times when you're vocal and there are times when you just let the Holy Spirit work through you and learning the wisdom of being a strong leader um, without closing doors or cutting off situations um, just because you want to be bold about your faith right. rather than God's really telling you to be bold. Well, that That's is so really good. And I bet you use that all the time now. Because you're in uh -huh. an industry, yeah, you're in an industry that very much, I mean, it's, oh, people are open, but maybe the industry may not be as much. Um, yeah, how, do you, exactly. how do you, how do you hone that? How do you make sure you're staying? I think, you know, the New Testament would say, keeping in step with the spirit. How do you do mm -hmm. that on a daily basis, Kelly? Um, you know, I, I credit... Um, I had great mentors when I first really started walking with God who just taught me some important lessons that, that stayed with me. And one of them is, is, you know, getting up every morning, whether I felt like it or not, <laughs> as, as early as I could to really connect with God before my day. Because we don't know when we get up in the morning and we start our day, we don't know what all is going to happen that day. We don't know what 
challenges we're going to face or situations we're going to find ourselves in. And but God does, and He can He can prepare us and prepare our hearts and minds for the day. And so that's one thing that I always try to do, um, even if it's you know even if it's not as much time as I really want to spend to sit and spend with Him. I do make sure I connect with Him by reading the Word, by prayer, um, listening to worship music, and anything that I can do to really make sure that I get in His presence, connect with Him and get the strength that I need and the wisdom that I need for the day. And then um, I try to consciously be prayerful throughout the day. You know, the the word says we're to pray without ceasing, and that seems impossible (laughs) because we can't always be praying, but we can always be in a place of when we're walking into a meeting or even about to go into a phone call or answer the phone, just really imploring him to be with us and to... Um, lead us in our words and and in how we handle situations. I try to stay consciously connected to him all the time. Not that I'm always perfect. And I, you know, I find when I get into places of frustration or fear, sometimes I disconnect and I have to reconnect and go, okay, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, what do you want me to do in this situation? Lead me in what I say. And I think just knowing that we have that source always available to us for wisdom, for uh, strength um, throughout our day. It's, I, I just know, like I said, I remember life before having the Holy Spirit, you know, <laughs> leading my life. I remember what that felt like. And I'm so grateful for his presence in my life now. And I need his help every single day because I'm not you know, I, I can't figure everything out on my own. I'm not always going to have the right words, but I can always go to him. So you're walking with the Lord, you build your agency, you crack, you crack the glass ceiling and you begin to, <laughs> uh-huh. begin to establish yourself and everything coming along. And then a number one pick comes, which is the pinnacle for any agent to be able to represent somebody with the number one pick. Yep. What did it, what was that feeling like for you? When you went home and probably outwardly you didn't want to show the emotion, but inwardly you're 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 doing cartwheels. What was that feeling like for you? Oh my goodness! It was um, it it, re- it was in a way it was such a it was just so affirming um, and such a, a joy. There was so much joy, um, but it was almost like I had. I think a lot of believers will tell you this, especially if you've really been believing for something and standing for something for a long time, when it finally comes to pass, um, it's not necessarily this huge high. It's almost like a piece of, yes, I've seen this. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. this was supposed to happen and I'm going to rest in it. And I'm going to say, this is, you know, glory to God. This is what I have been preparing for God has prepared this moment for me just to step into and so it really almost felt like I was just stepping across a line not that I was you know not necessarily that I was doing anything great in that moment it was a great moment and I I, uh, look back with just incredible memories about everything that, that went down as part of that process but it really felt like I was just stepping into what God had already prepared and what he had, had already shown me in my spirit. This is where you're supposed to be. This is where you're going. Keep trusting me. And, you know, even though it was an amazing moment, 
there was a lot of um, a lot of uh, darkness and a lot of battles, <laughs> even mm-hmm. surrounding um, that journey and and getting to that point. It, it was not, um, you know, when you win a spiritual battle. Um, and every battle in your life has a spiritual component, <laughs> whether we admit that or acknowledge that or not. Every spiritual battle you go through, you, you you come out victorious, but not without some scars and a lot of pain. And it was a tough, tough time in my life that was was filled with a lot of battle. But, you know, praise God, I kept my eyes on him. He gave me uh, a victory, but I, it, to me, it still belonged to him. And, um, and I, but I draw strength from that and I draw hope from that. You know, we, um, I wish we were all in a place where, um, we didn't have to have proof that God was going to come through every time. Yep, <laughs> we should just proof. trust him blindly, yep. <laughs> but I do go back to that and say, okay, well, he came through then, you know, I saw the victory then and I know I'm going to see it again. You know, and I think in our mind sometimes, Kelly, and I think for a lot of leaders too, in all walks of life, whether they're coaching or they're in the business world or what whatever profession they find themselves in, we can almost feel like, well, I finally, I'm not fear-driven anymore like you talked about earlier. I'm yeah. purpose-driven. I think I know why I'm here. I'm doing what God called me to do, and I pray every morning, and I'm I'm reading okay. the Word. I'm trying to but dark times still come. I mean, those valleys still come. Did it make you when you've hit some of your darkest moments, did it ever make you think you've made a mistake in trying to live like you're living? You know, honestly, as much as, you know, we, we all as, as human beings and even as believers still deal with thoughts of fear and doubt that, that seem to be ever present in our our world just because, you know, we live in a fallen world and the enemy is, is uh, moving constantly to try to undermine our faith. Um, so there have been those dark moments and those questions, but it's, it's me early, early on in my walk with God. Um, I was reading about the disciples who were all, you know, freaking out in the storm while Jesus was asleep in a boat <laughs> Mm. And the the waves are crashing and and they all think they're going to drown. And um, I remember a friend of mine, a really um, great man of God pointed out, he said, Kelly, when they were in that boat, were they where they were supposed to be? And I thought about it and I thought, yeah, I mean, Jesus told them to get in the boat and cross. (laughs) So yeah, they, they weren't out of God's will. They were right where they were supposed to be. And, um, that to me, that story, that revelation has anchored me through so many storms when I could look around and go, man, I, you know, did I miss it? Am I not where I'm supposed to be? But just because the storm comes doesn't mean you're not where you're supposed to be. That's right. It just means you need to look to the source (laughs) of, uh, of, of hope and peace and rely on him. Um, and that, that particular little revelation for me has gotten me through so many things in life. Well, that is a, God, Kelly, that is a great word. That really is. And, you know, something so funny because earlier you made a little statement, you know, in, in pain, a lot of times we find our purpose and we just wouldn't choose Mm -hmm. it. 
but it does it does right. help us determine it does help us determine who we are. So now here you are working with these incredible athletes from all walks of life. You don't just represent football, but your agency represents all sports and all shapes, sizes, and yeah. um, what advice would you have for athletes? We've got some young athletes that listen to the podcast that we work with. What yeah. what would you say as a somebody that's in the field? They may never make it to that level, but yeah. yet they're trying to be the best they can be in high school. They're trying to be the best they can be in college. What advice, looking at it from the angle you're looking at it from, would you give to them? Mm-hmm. You know, here's what I would say, and, and I grew up, as I mentioned, a, a very driven athlete, but I also let that become my, how I, uh, you know, I felt, I only felt valued in life when I was successful in my sport. And I think there's, there's a, there's something, there's an important place that every young athlete can get to. And that is, you still want to strive to be your very, very best. You want to do all of the things that it requires to be a great athlete, to take care of your body, to stay mentally focused, to stay spiritually built up, to be a great teammate. If you're in a team sport, all of those things are incredibly important and will serve an individual well, you know, well beyond high school, college, you know, whether or not an athlete ever ends up playing professionally, the, the discipline and the lessons and all of the important uh, skills in life um, that you can develop, that an athlete can develop through sport, those, those things will serve them for the rest of their lives. And those are all really important. So nothing is wasted. <laughs> nothing you should not, just because you can't play or are not going to play at the professional level does not mean you've wasted your time in achieving excellence right where you are. All of those things will last for a lifetime. But it's also important that for every athlete that your your entire being, your purpose, your value as a human being is not wrapped up in your sport. It's not wrapped up in what you do or the fact that people are cheering for you on a Friday night. That's not where your value comes from. Your value comes from the fact that you are a child of the Most High God and He values you. Even if you, you know, fail to score, even if you mess up, in front of the whole world, he still loves you and he still values you. And that's where your value comes from, not from scoring a winning touchdown. Those moments are incredible. Um, But your value as a human being is not dependent on your performance. So I think it's important to keep both of those things in mind. Be excellent. Know that it's going to what you're accomplishing with your life and how you're, who you're becoming as a person through your sport is going to last for the rest of your life. But also it doesn't have to define who you are as a person. Man, that's, that's spot on. Kelly Masters gets to the end of her journey and you're looking back now in the rear view mirror going, okay, I see what all I've accomplished. I see what all I've done. I see what all the goods have happened and the bads that have happened. What do you hope people say about you? What do you hope your clients say, your family, your friends, your people that you work with, those people, what do you want them to say about Kelly Masters? Um, really two things. Number one, she loved Jesus. 
And I hope that shines through even when I'm not. And you say I'm, I'm bold. I, I am bold when the time is right. But I really hope I just live that where people doesn't, don't even know me can look and say, man, she something's different about her. She loves Jesus. So that's number one. And number two, she didn't give up. I think those are the two things. Kelly, you are you are amazing. And I and I don't know you. We have never met never met personally, but just reading what you've <laughs> written and following along just at your agency and uh, some of the other things that you've been on before, you you are you are making a mark. You really are more than just Thank I think, you. I think the easy mark to make. I think we'll look back at it and go, well, it was the the crack in the women in women in sports. I think it's a lot bigger uh-huh. than that. I just want to, I want to affirm you because you are, you really are, you're a shining light and uh, thank you for what thank you, you do. Thank you for who you are. And if people want to find out more about you or keep up with you and what all your mm-hmm. agencies doing, what's the best way for them to do that, Kelly? Well, they can certainly look at my website, kmmsports.com, and I'm very active on Twitter so and Instagram. And I, I chronicle a lot of my journey and the, and the lives of my clients and, and everything that we're uh, really striving to accomplish with our lives. Uh, all of that is, is on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Twitter at kmmsports. Perfect. And all that will be in our show notes at the end of the episode. Well, Kelly, on, on behalf of everybody listening and just for me for me today, thank you for your time because I know I'm better for it and I know everybody else will be as well. Thank you Aww. so much. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that time with Kelly. You know, it was really interesting because I had read about Kelly. I had listened to other podcasts that she had been on. I had, uh, man, knew had done my research and knew a lot about her. But I'm going to tell you something. During my time with her, what stood out to me most from that conversation was passion. She is passionate about her faith. You know, I think that's something that all leaders have in common, isn't it? That passion, that passion that drives us, that passion. And for some people, maybe it's a passion to be their very best. Maybe their passion is to make a name for themselves. Maybe their passion is that everyone would know the platform that they were in. They would associate them with whatever field that is that they're in. But Kelly, as great as she is and as great as she's been at so many things, there is no doubt that Kelly's passion is Jesus and her passion is making him known through being the best at what she does. She wants to make sure that God doesn't get put away where nobody knows he's a part of her life. My goodness. I tell you what, you know, I think of characters in scripture that remind me of Kelly's passion. I think of somebody like Elijah. When that fire began to burn in him, nothing could stop him. And I am so thankful for people like Kelly people in their field, people that are great at what they do, and that they are driven by a purpose that is bigger than them. Kelly, thank you for sitting down with us, because I know this, I'm going to be a better leader because of knowing that there are leaders like Kelly out there. Man, what a great episode. Good night. I hope you enjoy these, because I know I sure enjoy them. 
Well, next time is going to be nothing different. You're going to get to listen in on a good conversation that I had in episode 12 with a buddy of mine named Tony Beasley. Tony and I played baseball together at Liberty University back in the late 1980s. And to watch who he's become today, he's the third base coach for the Texas Rangers, but not watch only the man he's become, but watch and see what he's overcome to be the man he's become. It is going to be great. So again, thanks for listening in today to Lynch with a Leader. I hope you will share this with one of your friends. Man, go on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, leave us a review. That helps other people be able to listen in. But once again, thank you for your time. And until next month, keep being the leader that God created you to be. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.